this will be kind of fun. We're going to uh, do some experimentation with some adjuncts. Dean from Ale Asylum is going to be really disappointed in you, Jim. But uh, <laughs> okay. And just to throw, to throw some of Dean's words back at him, these are non-fermentable adjuncts, so they count. You yeah. can ferment maple syrup. Oh, shit, this is fermentable. <laughs> yeah, Dean Lay, Dean's pissed at See, us. I, I, I knew if I let it record, Jim was going to be wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> That might be the cold open. (laughs) Cheers. You've stumbled on into the Tap Takeover podcast. It's so big. Like, so big. All right, welcome back to the Tap Takeover Podcast, and we're sitting down at Mobcraft Brewing yet again. We made the joke the last time around that we're here at the scene of the crime of the last interview. We're literally in the room where the crime happened. (laughs) I can still see the chalk outline. This is a really exciting one for us. We're here to do a a live tasting of our beer, our collaboration beer with Mobcraft. It's everything that we thought it could be. And uh, Jim, I want to hear from you especially. You weren't there for the first one, but you had a a big hand in uh, coming up with some of the recipe aspects and some of the boil temps tell us what you think your first impressions clearly my marks on this beer it, it's got a great body on it the oats are really letting to the body uh, we missed our final gravity on this, this pilot batch a little bit it just tend to happen in these five gallon batches uh, you know throwing in, in a carboy but so it's tasting a little sweet but uh, we're really getting a sense of the maris otter coming through in the bouquet and the kind of uh, bread characteristics getting some of the uh, chocolate malts that we have from Proximity Malt and some of the Patagonia C-170. All right, and absolutely great description. I want to bring Henry and Andrew in on this because Jim did some of the the mental lifting, but you guys (laughs) did the hard work on this thing. (laughs) So uh, tell us what you guys think. Uh, As far as hitting the mark, did you guys, do you think we nailed it or is there a little work to be done? I think, barring the fact that it finished out like fermenting a little too high it's a little bit too sweet but i think other than that i think we're right on target my only thing would be to see the beer dry out a little bit more and then we'll get a little bit more of that roasty character coming through we'll get a little bit of more of that malt character coming through and then after that the only thing we would have to decide is how we're going to handle these ingredient additions can i give in my two cents as well have at it. all right well the first thing that i love about this beer is it's so viscous it's so thick it's like midnight which when we were talking about this beer we joked a couple times about a 2% ABV dark beer, because that's what you, know, you guys just said you wanted a dark beer. <laughs> yeah, this and this is bad. definitely not that. I mean, you can almost chew this, and I love it. I mean, this is a perfect stout. Once it drops off and gets a little bit more of that sugar eaten up by the yeast, we'll see this beer dry out, and that'll you know take some of that residual sweetness out, and then I think it'll be pretty spot-on pre-flavor addition. So. Yeah, the SRM is exactly where I was hoping <laughs> it would be. Um, it's fantastic. So as far as color and that lovely brown head, I mean, when you really get a great stout that's really got some great malt in it, that head turns from white to brown, and that's when you know you really got something special going on. Yeah, I've got about a half, less than a half inch of beer in my glass, and I can't even see light through it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing that it has this big a head on an uncarbonated beer. We have not crashed this beer yet. This is just natural carbonation from from the yeast doing its thing right there. And it's already coming off pretty nice, so I have big hopes for this one. Uh, Jesus, what what are you thinking here? Uh, as it as it warms up a bit, are you picking up some different notes? Well, I do taste the sweetness, and I guess I've never I don't have a home brewing background, 
and I've never had it right after it was done. I taste a lot of that sweetness and I'm kind of hesitant of adding more, you know, maple. Mm -hmm. Even the fenugreek was, you're saying that would be a little bit less, but I feel like it's pretty sweet right now and I guess I've, I've never had it, um, kind of what Jim was saying, that it would just die off some... Yes, it's really hard to taste a beer and then imagine a beer without something in it if you've never done that before you know one thing that we'll do often here is we taste beer always so we're developing sensory when beer hasn't fermented when it's fermented for a day when it's fermented for a week you know so we always know in our in the back of our brain i taste this now i can eliminate these couple flavors or experiences in my palate to know what that end result is going to be and until you do that a million times it's pretty hard to to figure that out so to you it's not that sweet right Oh, it's definitely sweet, but then I'm getting past the fact of I know what will happen if a couple of gravity points drop. Okay. You know, I know where that sweetness will be, and that really dissipates. It's going to allow all the rest of that malt in the beer to shine. Like, that's yeah. just, like, the more sweetness you take out of a beer, the more complexity you bring out just from the malts. Um, within reason, of course. You don't want a super, super dry, like, Irish stout, super strong <laughs> beer. That's yeah. just, I mean, we're going for balance here, but yeah. I think we can all unanimously agree it's a little too sweet. The only thing I would suggest is maybe in the boil, subbing out all the brown sugar for maple syrup in the boil, and then from there we can play around with either adding fenugreek or adding other flavors to kind of kick this beer into high notch. Mm-hmm. The hard part about yeah. the maple is like, we've got to ferment it out for the most yeah. part. So if you ferment out maple syrup, what are you left with? You know, fermented maple syrup, which does not taste as much like maple syrup as normal maple syrup does. Depends on how much maple syrup you add. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drums and drums. If the one, and yeah, if the beer is one-third maple syrup, it's going to end up tasting like maple syrup no matter what you do. So, Andy, I think you've tried more big stouts, more big-name big stouts than uh, all of us combined. What do you think of this one? Is this uh, is this hitting your big stout-o-meter? Um, yeah. For me, I mean, the viscosity on it is what I love to see in a big stout, and it we definitely have this here. It clings to the glass. I mean, if we add carbonation to this, you're gonna get lacing all the way down the glass. And it's, it's just gonna be huge. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna taste delicious once we you know, figure out the additions and bring down the sweetness level on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm most excited about is even with the little, uh, the attenuation that uh, we're missing on, uh, the complexity of the molds is there. And that's what I was really hoping for when we went from this pretty unusual grist bill. I mean, you look at it on the pre-order page, there's a long list of grist on here. So that was super exciting that you guys were along on this journey for us to say, we really want a complex beer and yeah. it's going to require a lot of crazy malts. And you guys are all Seven in. different specialty malts and two different <laughs> malts. And, and three sorry, different DME editions. Right? Yeah, and, and some sugar and adjuncts to go in, you know, what the heck. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that we definitely love being open source to say if you want to brew any of these beers, you can. So this recipe right now is up on our website, and you can go and try to brew your own batch if you want. So if you're listening right now, it's, it's available for pre-order already. The big batch hasn't even been made. Yeah, so get yours now, and you don't even have to stand in line. So I have a question going along with what Andy was saying about that viscosity, that thickness. And I think when we were talking earlier, adding maple was going to give more of that. That was one of the original reasons I think we were talking about adding maple syrup was as a way to add sweetness. But then we were also talking about throwing brown sugar in the boil. And I think we really have to pick between one or one or the other at this point. It's like either we add brown sugar or we add maple syrup. So if we did the maple syrup instead of the brown sugar, mm-hmm. would that still leave like a hint of the maple flavor? Absolutely. And it's just going to give you that that the sweetness that yeah. we're not like just like the same way when sugar. I'm tasting this beer, I get a little bit of like a molasses character. Yeah. You get that same similar 
you know, background flavor from, even though most of the uh, maple syrup would have fermented out, we'll still get some of that character pulling through. And that'll just add on to the, the coffee we're going to put in it too, right? Well, yeah. and so that's, that's a whole other thing because in a couple of, in like two minutes here, I'm going to give you guys some samples of some coffee beers that we do. And the way we add coffee, it produces a very, very, very intense coffee flavor. So, I mean, we'll get a chance to try some of that in a little bit, and you guys can get an idea of just how much coffee we can't, we have the ability to put in. If we can make it less, like if we add the coffee in during the boil, which is what a lot of breweries will do, we could absolutely, like, reduce that. But, like, this is, like, it all depends on how intense you guys like your coffee beers. Well, pretty intense. Yeah, pretty, pretty intense, <laughs> but do we really want to overwhelm, you know, the, no, the roast? No, we're, we're definitely doing. shooting for balance here on this beer, even though yep. it's a big beer. It's really all about the balance, the balance of the malts to bring complexity. The coffee is another bit of complexity. The maple, a little bit more complexity in there, but we really want, at the end of the day, balance because those are the best beers. Yep. Yeah, from our, our first talk, you know, we're not trying to make a cake beer. You know, no, we're not trying to make a dessert beer. This is a stout. And it's got some fun ingredients that all contribute in their own little way. You can detect them, but it's not like this is a maple syrup pancake stout. Yeah, so this will be kind of fun. We're going to uh, do some experimentation with some adjuncts. Dean from Ale Asylum is going to be really disappointed in you, Jim. But uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be kind of fun. We're going to try a little bit with the fenugreek, a little bit with the maple syrup, and kind of find out which road we want to take this recipe in. Before we do that, though, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go grab some of our coffee beer right out of the tank so we can try that and just yeah. get an idea of where we want the coffee to be and right. what we're capable of doing. So I'll be right back, guys. Perfect. What are you going to grab? <laughs> Dudeism, okay. And just to throw to throw some of Dean's words back at him, these are non-fermentable adjuncts, so they count. You yeah. can ferment maple syrup. Oh shit, this is fermentable. Yeah, Dean <laughs> late. Dean's pissed at See, us. I, I, I knew if I let it record, Jim was going to be wrong. So. <laughs> I think that might be the cold open. <laughs> beer that you guys are about to taste is a beer we're going to be packaging up uh, very soon here. This is our Dudism. This is a uh, white Russian stout. If you're familiar with white Russians, which I personally <laughs> love. <laughs> a lot of the coffee beers that we tend to do tend to fall in this overall level of coffee. Very intense, um, very upfront. Yeah, I mean the, the nose is all coffee. Yeah, trying to replicate the, that Kahlua. But I'm definitely getting the lactose. I'm guessing you guys put lactose oh, in here. Yep. Lactose, uh, cocoa nibs, um, white You chocolate. literally put white chocolate chips in the mash. Was it in the mash or in the oil? Really? Oil. oil. Okay. So here's the thing is this beer... Oh. So the thing about the beer that you guys are tasting is it's actually got a fair amount of sweetness. Yeah. However, this beer finished out at um, like 10, 12. Oh, okay. So it's super dry. So like where a lot of that residual sweetness is coming in is coming from the chocolate that we added. So like the white chocolate and the boil and the cocoa nibs, but most of it's coming from that white chocolate. Oh, this is very interesting. What was the coffee that we used on this one? Coffee. Um, we used the uh, Kona blend coffee. Okay. So a little bit different coffee. I mean, we use different coffees for different beers, so obviously they're going to all be a little bit different. What was that coffee again? It was, uh, a, it Kona was a Kona blend coffee. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. So this would be considered a, uh, a white stout or a, an albino stout? Here's the problem with a lot of the beers that we brew is that they don't traditionally fit into a style. So when we say a white... I don't think anything you make has fit a style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we got a, a gold medal in the... Um, 
<laughs> American fruited sour category. Oak aged American fruited sour category. So yeah, that's a style. So, yeah. But that was just one out of 500. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> as, as far as being a true like white stout, yeah, that's just a little bit darker for than what you would call right. for like a pale stout. But however. I mean, the additions you have in here, the coffee, the chocolate, and the boil, and um, that would be literally impossible to get at any probably mm. lower. Yeah, I can see where you guys are going, White Russian, on this. It's, yeah, <laughs> that nice chocolatey flavor and all the some of the coffee of the Kahlua. Yeah, and the sweetness. Well, there's, all, there's also vanilla in there as well. So. Yeah, yeah, and that that along with the lactose is given that nice uh, that nice Boy, creamy feel. Boy, this is feel. really drinkable. That's fun. <laughs> I imagine yeah, at one thirteen final, this is mine's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this we is going to be big trouble. We were talking about how we didn't want our beer to be a dessert beer, but this is this is along those lines. This is yeah. a nice after dinner, yeah. you know, having dessert with some friends kind of a beer. So then everyone will be asking for more. Oh yeah, yeah. So definitely, I think as far as coffee goes, like this is way above and beyond what you guys would be looking for. This is pretty intense in terms of coffee. So yeah, what we it's really is, strong. Yeah. So one of the way we get that really intense coffee flavor is what we'll do is we'll just basically pasteurize coffee grounds. Um, we'll pasteurize them up to 180 degrees for five minutes, and then we just dump them into the top of the fermenter, recirculate the fermenter, and then we let it sit no longer than 48 hours. Because if it sits any longer on that coffee, it's going to start to leach out tannins, and it's going to become really astringent and really yeah. bitter, mm-hmm. and nobody likes that. So no. that's our standard method. The, we could, For this beer, we could use that method in just half our dosing rate, because right now we're throwing in you know, a little over a pound. We're throwing in about... 1.25 pounds of coffee per barrel and so we could easily bring that much much lower and bring that more into balance if we still want that strong aromatic it depends on like what kind of coffee flavor you guys are looking for so is that the amount like, that was used for this one yeah we used uh, about 40 pounds per or we used 40 pounds in a 30 barrel batch yeah because we want to be sure to not overwhelm the complexity yep. of the malt bill right so I mean, that's yep. the whole point mm-hmm. of having that malt bill is to allow the malts kind of yep rely a lot of those flavors mm-hmm. we want that coffee to kind of harmoniously sing with it not just say ah, I'm coffee yep if we we're doing a coffee beer that would be great yep. but that's not what we're doing here it yeah. should, should complement that base beer not do you guys so it. yep there are two ways two ways we can add coffee to the beer and they'll give two very different flavor profiles one is you can add it in during the whirlpool or very very late in the boil and what you'll do is you'll get a lot more of that roasted character, that baseline flavor from the coffee coming through, drive off a lot of the aromatics, which is, you know, like that one of the things is with this beer is we've managed to retain a very strong fraction of the aromatic compounds of the coffee. So that's one way you can do it. The other way is the way I just described, and that'll retain a lot of the volatile aromatics inside mm-hmm. the coffee. So it depends on what you guys are going for. Um, I- the air, volatile aromatics are going to be a lot better at clouding the rest of that beer up because it's like those aromatics are just so intense it's going to be really hard to get past a lot of the other facets that's a lot of the taste though that smell you know yeah it's better i think like like in this all i smell yeah it's going to be better if we put it at the end yeah in the whirlpool yeah in the whirlpool we'll take take the batch of crazy too because that's the same addition method correct is that a whirlpool addition no that's that is not a whirlpool addition. no the same addition as the dudism Oh, okay. but that's so just it's the difference in a volume amount of it. You know, so that that's the same way that that's how I would picture the coffee notes being in here, where you still get that coffee, you know, aroma definitely, but it's it's subdued, mm. and then that coffee flavor is something that we want in this beer because where we were thinking it was lacking a little bit was in that roast coffee character, anyways. Yeah. So personally, I would like to see the addition, like the batch of crazy, maybe stepped back, you know, twenty five percent less coffee. 
You know, mm-hmm. per proportion, obviously, we're making a bigger, thicker, more viscous beer. But I'd like to see that coffee aroma and coffee mouthfeel. Um, yeah. On yeah, this versus is, just the roast of the coffee. This is this is where it can get really interesting because then we can use even different roasts of coffees to impart certain flavors. So obviously, a higher roasted coffee is going to give out a lot, kick out a lot more roasted character, and you know, adding you know less lighter roasted coffees um, will add different levels. Like for example, the Kona blend um, that adds like you can't really taste it in this beer, but in other beers we tried it with, it'll lend like a slightly like juicy character just because of the way the beans are roasted and Mm. that's like you know you drink coffee and it can be juicy it can be roasty it can be you know you can get all these flavors out of it depending on what kind of coffee we even use what kind of level of roast we use we can pull all these different flavors out of it and it it doesn't have to be all one or all the other i mean it can be a combination the coffee that we use for bash it crazy is specifically a 50 50 blend between dark roasted coffee and lighter roasted coffee for that reason so we can bring in that complexity yeah, so what do we want? For me, I'm always a big South Pacific kind of coffee guy, the Sumatran, the Indonesians, because of the... I'm Guatemalan all the way. Well, see, the Central Americans with the volcanic soil really impart a, a bright, acidic yep. kind of flavor. and hmm, But you get the more roasted notes because you generally roast the Sumatran darker. Boy, I wish we know what we need is a 2018 sum because they're doing a single-origin Costa Rican for their beer and I just didn't want too much coffee yep yeah. I wanted just that, that hint yep it's, it's hard to describe it because you want that hint of coffee mm. you want the hint of maple just you wanted that base beer to be the star and yep. what I tasted right now that's a really good base beer yep I really like that so we just don't want to water can, it down too much right yeah. I just don't want this coffee to be overpowering yeah it. so I maybe mean, we can easily we can easily like download like I mean we could do even a quarter or less than a quarter of what we do like normally for these other beers because these other beers call for a fair amount of coffee flavor and aroma attached to them. But yeah, I'd say we can greatly reduce that and do the same method we normally do instead of using you know a pound per barrel. We could use like a quarter pound per barrel or whatever we feel would be appropriate. Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on the coffee. Go if we do a Central American, we don't want to dial it too back just because of the brightness and the city itself. And generally lesser roasted coffee. Man, I didn't think the coffee part would be the toughest oh, part. <laughs> Holy shit! Because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, but, I mean, I love coffee really and pop, I love though. the smell. But when I had the vision, I had for this beer was not that. Yep. Well, I, I think we all love the aroma of the batshit crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the coffee yeah. comes at you at waves. I, I don't know that we need it necessarily that strong, but yeah. I love how the coffee hits you first. It hits the nostrils, and yep. that's immediately what you're tasting when you taste the beer. So I think we want a lot of coffee-forward flavors, but then, you know, you want immediately, it to fade away immediately fade yep. away. Yeah, which is, you know, tough to do. We're challenging you guys well, quite a bit. Sure. That's, that's yeah. purely a matter of how much we add. That's, I mean, that's literally, it's just a direct correlation to how much coffee we add per unit of beer, and that, that will have a direct impact on how quickly, yeah. how much it sticks around or how quickly it fades away. Yeah, so we should definitely dial it back. Yep. I'm thinking significantly. To move on to the fenugreek and all stuff, what I would propose, and I think this is just, mm-hmm. is we'll go with the batch of crazy coffee edition method, something similar where we can use both a light and a dark roast, because we do want to amp up a little bit of the roast in the body and yep. then also get it yep. on the nose, but I'd like to see that. You know, per proportion, per ABV, probably yep. 30% of what's in batch shit, maybe 50% uh, of what's in batch I would, Honestly, I would probably start off doing 20%, like 15 to 20% of what's normally there, and then we can okay. always add more from there. True. Um, but we can start off, like, I can, what I can do now is we have a whole other carboy of this beer in the fridge. We can do that coffee edition, 
throw it in there, let it sit for another few days, rack it off, and then you guys can come back and try it and see where you guys think we're at with that beer. Yeah, that would be great. Knowing that it's already sweet and the coffee, I mean, imagine it being a little bit dried out, but the coffee's also going to add some roasted character in there. So it's Mm going to dramatically change the character of the beer, even from what you guys are tasting right now. Yep. That sound good, Jim? Cool. Yeah, that would be fantastic because I'm pretty good at visualizing, but, you know, proof is in the pudding, as they say. <laughs> Hopes and dreams, smoke yeah. and beers. <laughs> That's how we roll here on the Tap Takeover podcast. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right. So I got, we're going to add 15 to 20% of the amount of Batch of Crazy Coffee in the same method. Yeah. yeah. The pilot batch. Just a total amount of coffee. Yeah, because, again, we're, we're looking for it to be complimenting. Yeah. Um, yeah, you not, guys, you want the beer to be the star, and that's yeah. Complete, yeah. you got you want it to be very complimentary. And especially since tasting it, I feel strongly about that now. Yeah, yeah. because this is, um, it's really good. It's, yeah, I think this beer is going to be a star. Yeah, and yeah. and so we don't want to go too crazy with those adjuncts. Absolutely. What I what I would recommend just out of the starting gate is as far as like the base coffee additions go, I am a big fan of using like multiple different. Of using a specific blend of coffee sure, to achieve yeah. a certain flavor profile, and my thought would be maybe doing seventy-five uh, percent like dark roast, like a French roast coffee, to bring out that roasted character, and then a twenty-five percent like lighter roasted, either Sumatran or other whatever coffee yeah. you like, lighter roasted, and then we can try that and see how we feel how that impacts the overall character of the beer. So yeah. you think a mixture of the two instead of just scaling back the amount of coffee? Well, yeah, it's, it's always it a be, mixture. It'll you know, be both. It'd be both. both. Yeah. Your dark roasts are going to give you a lot of your uh, flavor, and your light roasts give you a lot of the aroma. You know, this with the dudism, that was heavy on the coffee aroma, subdued on the flavor a little bit, yep. you know, and... Unless I'm just making shit up. Eh? No, no. So it's really <laughs> when, when you. I just gotta check with them when he gives me that look, but that's his look always. Next so. on the coffee takeover podcast, <laughs> when you roast a coffee uh, to a dark roast, it really boils off a lot of the volatile, volatile aromas, mm-hmm. um, but you impart that roast flavor. So when you lighter roast it, you're gonna get a lot of that bouquet in there. Awesome. Well, I think we've come to some decisions on the coffee. So that that's the first part done. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit hole check. Excellent. We still got some work to do, though. We're gonna uh, do this little taste with the uh, the fenugreek and uh, and some of the uh, the maple syrup, and then see how that goes. And it may even change our decisions on the coffee. That may still be up for grabs. But we're gonna take a little break right now, and uh, we'll be back with some more beer to taste. So welcome back from the little break we took here at the Tap Takeover Podcast, and we're here with Andrew, and he's going to add some fenugreek to the base beer, and uh, we're going to see how that turns out. So uh, real quick disclaimer here, guys. I have never used fenugreek in beer ever. <laughs> um, the only reason I even knew it was a thing was because Josh, one of our other brewers, used to work at a homebrew store, and he said that he ended up using fenugreek to impart uh maple-like flavor into a beer so i'm doing this at his recommendation and his behest but i have never done this before so i apologize if it ends up tasting horrible don't throw josh under the bus this is your ass so i have i have verified that uh using fenugreek as as kind of a maple substitute is a uh, accepted technique amongst brewers though it really hasn't been widely done but is popular with the home brewers be careful there's going to be some at the bottom there so and we i don't know how much Time. We might need to let the flavors impart there yet, but so I'm definitely getting a difference on the nose, right? Am I? I'm also getting a slight difference on the flavor even already. Right. It's actually taken away a lot of that sweetness. Like it's more. I'm feeling it's more rounded out. It's not quite as cloyingly sweet as I 
picked it up as before. Sorry, I shouldn't be saying that and clouding all of your opinions of the beer. No, it definitely is is imparting a, a different flavor, that's for sure. Now, so. when in the process would you add fenugreek? Right now, we're adding it in this stage of the process simply because I've never dealt with something like this before, and just tasting it kind of in its rawest form yeah. and putting it straight into beer gives me a fairly good idea of how it's going to act at a large scale, but if I were to do it, I would definitely add it in during the boil. Hmm. So this wouldn't be uh, secondary? It could be a secondary addition, but like I said, what I just don't have enough experience with it to know yeah. what would be better. So I would, if we were going to do it at a commercial hmm. scale, I'd pilot it with like a couple of batches of wort first and do one one way and do one the other way. Yeah, I'm just wondering, This would be. it might be better in the boil because it is yeah. a little strong. Yeah. Here is kind of this secondary, obviously hasn't time to, I mean, this is fresh. So yeah. normally you would give let it a few days, you know, let it mellow out. I'm getting like a micro, I don't know, do you guys eat microgreens? No, it's a, yeah, so it strikes me with a little bit of maple, Mm -hmm. and it could be the the proportions that we're using, and again, it's Mm -hmm. an experiment, but I'm also getting, like, some uh, some black licorice kind of flavors going on. Almost fennel-like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very aromatic, very herbaceous, which isn't quite what we're going for, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, in the long run, this is going to... And I don't know if that's because we've been talking about it, so I get the hint of maple, but it's just something that's different. There is something different. It is definitely different. something different that I hear. There's something about beer if the label says it's there. Perception is reality, correct? Yeah, if, if the stout, label, if it says it's on the label, you're going to have a bunch of people complaining about how they didn't taste it in the beer. We just recently had a peanut butter stout that had no peanuts or butter in it. Was that super peanut buttery? It was very peanut buttery. Yeah, very yeah, biscuity. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, biscuit, uh, a lot of diastole. Yeah, the, uh, the yellow but the, belly. It was done so well. It was a really fantastic. Beer. Yeah, that was the uh, yellow belly stout and yeah. the uh, yellow belly Sunday. Those are the two ones that we tried. It was weird. I can't take the. As far as diacetyl goes, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care for that. I find agree that much. It is interesting. I think there is, I think we still need to see yeah, it I don't a know. little it's, bit mellowed out. Yeah. It's coming off a little strong right now. And it's probably um, the, the part of the brewing process that you put it in might mellow it out a little bit. But yeah. it's just hard to tell right now because we just yeah. you know poured a spoonful into... Yeah, so mm. th- this is something that would require a little bit more experimentation. Like I said, I'd never worked with fenugreek before, so I just wanted to try it like straight up in the beer. And I think we all agree that like using that method, like late fermentation, just adding that in, probably isn't going to be like the best idea. It couldn't be used no. as a replacement either for like the maple syrup, but it would replace the brown sugar. Right, the fenugreek you still yeah, have. Yeah, you yeah, have low concentrations. So that's the thing is like what I've been told and everything that everybody's told me is you can't use too much of this stuff. You have to use it at very low levels to get that maple flavor going. So yeah. hmm. like my thought would be maybe if we were going to do it, we can do, because you guys are going to have to come back here so we can try the coffee anyway. By then I can do a little bit of like a trial of work with fenugreek added in the whirlpool and then added after it's already fermented i can just do that in one gallon jugs and then we can try that and see where we think that fenugreek is and i can do it in a drier beer so we can get a fuller expression of that and better easily able to translate all those flavors into a bigger viscous stout so jim you actually said you did some homework that this was a yeah it it is often used uh, for home brewers as a maple alternative because 
there are times where and places you can't get maple syrup and we're, we're kind of blessed here to be like swamped with maple syrup <laughs> at any time so when do they put it in like a home brewer when would they put it in uh they generally do put it in during the boil yeah, yeah I rather than a secondary addition it'll be interesting because we will already have that maple syrup in there as kind of a baseline instead of the brown sugar so we're really just using the fenugreek to kind of kind of punch it up a bit right yep. just kind absolutely. of yeah absolutely. just kind of complement those flavors Compliment, that are already yep. there accentuate um, <laughs> and the other the other thing is we don't know exactly how the fenugreek is going to play with the coffee. You know, there could be an interesting interplay there. That's why it's yeah. such a, a fun and interesting ingredient is mm-hmm. we're taking a, like a homebrew recipe and trying to scale it all the way up to 30, 30, uh, 30 barrels. So mm-hmm. it's an experiment, and I, I can't wait to find out how it turns out. Well, should we try some maple syrup? Yeah, let's Girl. try it. All right, we've got beakers and we've warmed some things up, so it's full on experimentation time. Every lab oh, that's should a have a graduated microwave. cylinder, Alex. <laughs> I, I assume he went in for a Bunsen burner. This is a beaker. <laughs> Get your implements correct. So the first thing we're going to start off with is just 10% maple syrup and a 90% base beer, just to try that and see. Because what that's going to help us figure out is that's going to help us figure out okay roughly how much maple syrup corresponds to how much actual flavor we get. If you guys, I don't know if you guys want to, but you guys can just pass this around real quick and taste or get a whiff of it just to get an idea. Just take a hit. If you want. (laughs) So just as we had the discussion on coffee, there are different varietals of maple syrups and grades. Do you guys tend to use grade A rather than, say, a, a darker maple syrup? So grade A maple syrup is also the most expensive and most refined, and I can't remember exactly what defines grade A from grade B. Um, it's really other color. Other than the price and color. <laughs> well, it is really color, so your grade A mm. is uh, a little bit more refined, but it, it's not as burnt, mm. and that's generally what the public wants. It's so more it's kind so of like more caramelization. In yeah, grade. so Got it's really it. where when they boil it away, you have layers. So they take away the top layer, which is the least amount, and it's the least uh, burned. And then as you get lower, it gets darker and darker, and more that caramel flavor that goes down to B and then D. And I haven't seen anything. I don't know if anyone's really done this experimentation. Is would you get more of that? maple flavor in the lower grade because it's more caramelized and like it's the, less fermentable the best way to figure that out andrew and why don't we try it let's just ferment maple syrup and see what happens different grades <laughs> grade <laughs> maple syrup i mean what maple vine you weren't doing anything else, were you, Andrew? Andrew's just like, making our beer. Fuck you guys. <laughs> In your free time. So we, we're looking at 30 different batches for this 30 barrel. <laughs> Is there another room just for our stuff? <laughs> we're also going to want a sour version, just to, you know, just, just for shits and giggles. And then let's do some with birch sap. I thought somebody here in Wisconsin did that. Uh, well, Enlightened did uh, maple sap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but there was another birds, one I think that did either maple sap or birch sap. There was another mm-hmm. brewery up north. I for some maybe was Stone Arch. I can't remember. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's going to be a little that's sweet, nice. right? Because this it is, is definitely going to be much sweeter. But like, I can al- almost immediately pick out that maple syrup yeah. even at five yeah. percent, and like five percent is, or no, this is ten percent. Sorry, yeah. I lied. This is ten percent. This is not five percent. And it's increased the mouthfeel quite a bit. Yeah. It's it's more yeah. velvety. It's uh, yeah, it's much smoother. I think, I think that's, that's what you were going for, right, yeah, Andy? Exactly. Yeah. 
I, I can picture a little coffee I flavor here too. Fucking love this version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I, think yeah. I think we're all on the same page yeah. with that. Yeah, one. I think the maple <laughs> really does enhance enhance this beer. Yeah, pretty early on we were talking about some coconut Wait. adjuncts and some other things, but no, I, throw I, that, throw I think, that right I think this maple yeah, is right on point. I think we just swap out the brown sugar entirely for maple yeah. syrup, and I think we've got a bloody winner. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. that brown sugar. Yeah, this maple's yeah. great. <laughs> well, that was easy. Yeah. yeah. Four-hour discussion on the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds on the maple syrup. <laughs> so I guess what's the next step? So the next steps are for me to actually try the coffee edition as we've described and before I do anything I'll shoot out an email to you guys telling you hey this is how much beer I have this is how much I plan to add based off our existing dosing rates times you know point you know one five or point two like so we're doing like 15 percent of the coffee we'd normally do and so I'll send you guys an email out finalizing all those procedures early next week I'll run the fenugreek trials the coffee trial and um, I'll if I have time, maybe I can do maple syrup, but I think we're <laughs> all pretty much universally in agreement that we rather see maple syrup instead yeah. yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next step is, with the beer that we have, is doing the coffee edition, and then from there, I mean, just making sure that we have a beer that we're all comfortable with, and I think the coffee is going to play a huge role in that, so that's something that I want to make sure that we get locked down, because the maple syrup is going to be pretty easy. We can add it, like, even if we want to get more maple flavor, we can add it later on and during, for, during fermentation instead of during the boil. Um, and we can still get a fair amount of maple flavor coming through without, while still getting it fully attenuated. But, I mean, stuff like the coffee, I think, is going to be the biggest thing. And then if we decide we need to give, we can try the fenugreek and see if we want to add that at all to kind of boost that maple flavor. Sweet. Does that make sense? And that makes sense. Good. Yeah, because we'll want to see... Awesome. So next, the maple and the next time we'll do the tasting, and then you had uh, brought up label design, too. Yeah, if yeah. you want we'll to wrap that into the some, same uh, thing? Or? Some spitballing going on the labels. It would be really fun to have you sit down with, with Sam and Kayla, too, from our, our design team, because they're just creative geniuses. I'll show you the dudism label, and you guys will like half shit your shorts, because this is the craziest nice. label ever. Um, Sam's awesome. She's incredibly talented. Like, look at this Odesanti kid. I mean, like, look at that little caribou reindeerish thing. <laughs> yeah, we were so, talking about adjuncts be before. Really let's uh, let's talk about this new beer you guys have coming up. It will probably have come out by the time this episode comes out. But uh, let's talk about some of the adjuncts in this uh, this ode to Sati. Yeah, yeah, Sati's a real fun beer. So Adam, um, who's uh, one of our, our brewers and runs the Sour and Wild program, his official title when he first started was director of wood, which was kind of funny. But <laughs> he, he changed it to head of barrel operations. Uh, <laughs> I think that I was think what was on his hiring documents. I think, I think like head of wood would have sounded even better. Ridiculous. So, um, but he, he wanted to brew sati. And we're like, what the hell is sati? Like everybody should probably ask. But I kind of explain it as sati is the finished version of what a Belgian farmhouse is. You know, so you've got all your grains that are left over at the end of the season, a lot of unmalted wheat, a lot of unmalted barley. And traditionally, this beer was filtered through pine boughs in hollowed out logs way, way back in the day. So they'd take spruce, you know, and fold those pine boughs over, dump the mash down that to strain out all the liquid from the grain. So on a commercial scale, we did that by ripping out our mash tun filter bed, throwing a bunch of spruce that Adam chopped out from his farm onto the filter, and we recirped the mash through all the pine and then threw a bunch of crushed juniper berries in it as well. So again, it's one of those ones that has some interesting adjuncts. It's something that all complements the beer. It's not like we're fermenting this beer and want it to taste like a pine needle, but it's 
leaning towards tradition. So that's why it's the Ode <laughs> to Sati. Um, this is the second year brewing it. So we have on the 22nd of December, we're launching last year's version, this year's version, a rum barrel aged version, uh, which was in Twisted Path rum barrels, and then a, a red wine barrel aged lactic version. So it'll be the, the symphony of Sati's coming out. Which nice. will all be like completely different and bizarre and distinct, but this is definitely one of my favorite, like, if you can close your eyes and imagine yourself walking through the pine forest, munching on a loaf of bread, it's the same thing as drinking this beer. Or if you just love gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so, some really interesting flavors there. Yeah. Andy, what, uh, what do you think? I, I know you, sometimes the experimental ones don't land with you. I'm, I'm not a fan of juniper berries to begin with, but I mean, it still tastes good. I like it. Well, what's funny is this isn't actually technically an experimental style of beer. This is a historical style of beer. So this is beer that your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpappies would have drank if they were from Norway. I thought it was Finland. Probably Finland. Okay. Cool. Well, can't wait to design a label with you guys next time. Taste the coffee editions. And then uh, hopefully get a bunch of this beer in a bunch of people's mouths so they can enjoy it. And give a big hearty cheers to all of them. Do you have any preferences for coffee roasters, either local or otherwise, and also any specific roasts or blends of coffee? Well, I mean, for me personally, I'm a big Anodyne fan. Anodyne uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was going to say Anodyne huge, if you didn't say it. <laughs> huge fan of Anodyne and have been for, for years. Uh, like Hawthorne, I like Valentine. They're making really good beers. But to me, Anodyne is kind of old school Milwaukee. And they're here. Um, they're a couple blocks from here. So yeah. yeah, we can all throw rocks and hit their yeah. building. They can yeah. throw rocks back. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea if we can get them in the fold. You know, proximity mall. You know, these guys that are just close here. Yeah. I think that's that's going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. For me, as I said before, uh, my preference is the uh, South Pacific styles. But I, I think you're right that a, a good blend of probably some of the Central American, give it some acidity, some brightness, some a little pop. And then the roasted notes from the Sumatran or, or Indonesian. See, I don't want acidity at all. Like, I don't, no. I don't want a, a hint of tartness that comes up in, in this. I mean, I depending on how we do it, it's going to be like, I mean, if we do 75 dark roast, 25 light roast, I mean, any acidity that's in there isn't going to come through. It's mostly just going to be the aromatics. Like, there's a lot going on our trials. And we, how many, probably tried 30 different coffees for Batch of Crazy before we found them. And a lot of those more acidic coffees were just you know, not working, not complementing the overall all flavor. Of the yeah, beer. but just me, I'm just some measly peasant. Yeah, I think overall though, dark roast just kind of normalizes the terroir, the bean. Do you have any um, preference? Because like when I think dark roast, normally my first thought is like French roast, but that might almost be too intense. But that that depends. It's, it's a it's a little French dark. roast is very. I, I generally like it at first crack, mm. so. That's a little less than, than a French, so I don't know really what the t- technical name of that roast is, but yeah, I can figure it out. It's about 420, 428, 427 mm-hmm. yep. uh, temp roast. We can so, lower that. Uh, yeah, so something a little less than a French. Perfect. Cool. Awesome. Well, I, I think this is a great great place to end it for this tasting and we'll be back with another one uh, who knows at, at that point we may have added cinnamon and vanilla and you know we might have gone back to the coconuts we're, we're all Henry's over like, the there's place there's no right fucking way you're putting vanilla bean in this <laughs> you want a secondary ferment on brett 
in some uh, <laughs> hey, the black whale. Awesome. We may go Kodiak full sour. <laughs> we may go full sour. I think Andrew and Henry are going to have an impromptu meeting. Like, <laughs> I got to stop dealing with these guys. <laughs> We're just By the way, we, take their name off. We have some 25-year-old Knob Creek barrels just waiting for you guys. Oh, really? Ooh. You do? Oh, you <laughs> <call a chef. laughs> Don't make promises. I can't keep you. <laughs> Henry's like, I'm saving that for the good beer. <laughs> But no, I, I think this is a great place to stop it for now, and uh, we will be back with yet another tasting. This is a this is an experiment in the works, and uh, we're really happy to kind of bring you guys behind the curtain and see uh, what this crowdsourcing actually looks like. So uh, thank you to the guys from Mobcraft for having us, and uh, you bet. we will be back with more. So for me, for Alex. For Andy. Jim, Jim, this is Andrew. <laughs> and for Henry. And Jim. Jesus. Yeah, this has been a solid non-fail podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs>